during my recruiting process, I think the biggest question, I had two big questions when I was at these campuses and it was, am I going to be happy here if I get hurt and can never play again? And what, what do I not like about these schools? Cause if there's so much I don't like, what do I actually really like to Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon, and this is the show 100% dedicated to the lacrosse goalie. And on this show, my job is to track down the best goalies in our sport, interview them and have those conversations and find out what makes them so great. What are the stories that they have? What are the drills that they do? What are the mindsets that they consider to be very important that have gotten them to where they are in their lacrosse goalie game? And hopefully... With each episode, you can pick out maybe one thing, maybe two things that you can try to incorporate into your own lacrosse goalie game. My guest on the show this week is Luke Arrighi. Coming out of New York, Luke is committed to play lacrosse at the University of North Carolina. Congratulations to Luke. And we talk about his journey. We talk about him learning the position. We talk about his recruitment story. I hope you learn a ton with this awesome young man. Please enjoy this conversation with Luke Arrighi. Before we begin this episode, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is the Lacrosse Goalie Summit 8. In mid-December, we did five days of free virtual lacrosse goalie training featuring the top coaches in the sport, and it was awesome. So many amazing learning moments, so many great drills, so many great mental lessons, techniques, uh, mindfulness, what it takes to succeed as a lacrosse goalie. The event was perfect for all ages, both boys and girls, all skill levels. Everyone learned something. Unfortunately, the event is over, but you still can get access to the replays. That is 19 plus hours of elite lacrosse goalie training from some of the best coaches in the sport. Colin Kirst, Matthew Nunes, Taylor Moreno, Owen McElroy, Drake Porter, Matt Gill, Dr. T, Tim Cassie, Simon Bellamy, Mr. Wonderful. The list goes on and on. There was 19 names. Oh, did I mention Emily Sterling, goalie of the year? She had an amazing presentation. So many awesome learning moments. I guarantee your young lacrosse goalie is going to benefit tremendously from going through these videos, studying the tips, taking notes. If you want to get the replays, laxgoalierat.com slash VIP. It is an insane value. Most of these coaches charge about a hundred bucks an hour. We're talking over 19 hours of goalie coaching for a fraction of that. Check it out, laxgoalierat.com slash VIP. Enjoy the show. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome to the Lax Goalie Rap Podcast, Luke Arrighi Jr. out of New York, just committed to UNC, which we'll talk about. Luke, welcome to the show. No, thank you, Coach Damien. Appreciate you uh, having me on here. Uh, Absolutely. It's going to be a blast. I appreciate you reaching out. Um, I'd love to hear the story going all the way back to the beginning. You remember that first save or that first time jumping into goal? No, yeah, I do. Um, So basically my whole life played baseball. Um, 12 through through sixth grade baseball and lacrosse. And then there's a couple of me and my buddies who like weren't really intimidated to hop, hop in net and get hit by the ball as many middle schoolers, elementary schoolers are. So I think it was a jamboree. Um, I always, I'm a lefty, so I always played lefty attack. Um, and our goalie got hurt and couldn't play. It was the second half and I just hopped in that, um, I played catcher in baseball, so I had pretty good hand-eye coordination. So I think it came pretty easy. Uh, made a couple saves, and I fell in love with it. And then basically through sixth grade, um, that was in fifth grade. So then through sixth grade, I played always played one half lefty attackman and then the other half goalie, uh, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I think that you know when you're when you're when you're first starting out i mean that's the way to do it right that's the way i did i played midi f- first and kind of learned a bunch of skills there what what do you think 
playing attack taught you ultimately about the goalie position? I think it definitely developed. Like I, I'm good with my right and left hand. Not a lot of goalies. I throw passes with my right hand just as much as I do with my left hand, especially if I'm getting 10 man road in the clearing game. Um, but also just made me fall in love with um, the uniqueness of goalie. I think playing other positions really uh, showed me how important goalie is. And if you don't have a good goalie, how it can impact the game. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And, and I imagine, you know, playing attack too gave you some of the mindset of what attackmen are trying to do around the crease. I know, you know, certainly as a, as a midi, when I would like be sweeping or, or dodging from up top, I certainly understood as a, what the shooter was trying to do and like where the most convenient spots were for the shooter to hit. So I'm sure in a certain way, like you, you know, playing attack sort of got you into that mindset. Would you agree? No, hundred um, yeah. percent. I think with, also just with attack, it's, you kind of then start to understand the different offensive schemes. Fifth grade is kind of young for all of that, but I think as I got, true, as yeah. I got older, I kind of understood a lot of that stuff more than some goalies do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's super important for goalies to understand, you know, if, if you want to be like the leader, the quarterback of the defense, like knowing what the attack's trying to do and giving the heads up is is like you, to your to your teammates is a great way to do that. Mm-hmm, 100%. So, yeah. Um, so you had, you said you, you mentioned playing baseball uh, catcher. A lot of goalies have that background, which is kind of interesting, um, especially on the women's side too, like a lot of, goalies had played softball catcher and just kind of getting used to, you know, projectiles coming at you without, without flinching is a huge element of this position. And I imagine like, you know, you learned a lot of that in being a catcher. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Um, when I was a catcher, I wasn't the best. Uh, I played on a travel team till like sixth grade. I was the backup catcher, but I, I think I always loved like seeing the whole field. I think that's the one unique thing about being a catcher everything's in front of you. And I think that's kind of like a lacrosse goalie. You mm-hmm. see everything, you see the defense, midfield, the attack, to the other goalie. And I, I just, I think that's one of the best parts of the position. And honestly, at the younger age, it's kind of hard not to be afraid of getting hit of the ball and hit by the ball. But um, I think it you fall in love with that as you get older. Obviously, it's going to hurt. But if you make a save, that's going to feed off uh, it's going to feed to the defense. They're going to start laying out for stuff. And I think that's just the energy aspects, one of the best parts of the position, both catcher wise and um, goalie in the cross. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's your favorite part about being a goalie? I think just the high energy. You're the last line of defense. Um, if you make a save, um, the rest of the team's going to be up for you. And you're not, you're not that attack when you're having four or five goals a game and there's the MVP, like everyone likes to say, um, but you're kind of like, kind of like the gritty guy who's making a save, but not everyone will appreciate it. And I just like, uh, I also like the high energy aspect where if you make a save, then you have to go clear it too. And I think that's just, I, I, I fall in love with that uh, in the past couple of years. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Getting the ball up and out. Make, making a sweet save and getting it up and out. I mean, such a, such a sweet feeling when you can, uh, when, when you can make it happen. That's, that's, I love that quite a bit too. Um, so how did you, you know, you jumped in, you weren't afraid of the ball, um, you know, made some saves at first. How did you go about then learning how to play the position? No, hundred percent. Um, so when I was younger, as I mentioned, I would always play attack and midfield attack midfield and then goalie. Um, one of my uh, BYLA coaches, which is Bronxville Youth Lacrosse, uh, his son played for the uh, local club program in this area, which is Predators. And he's pretty, that guy was pretty close with the coaches. And they just created a, a development team in sixth grade, which was like the grade above me, which was the time seventh grade and my grade. Um, and it was kind of, it was a B team. So, and they didn't have a goalie. So he invited me to go play for them. And I would say they helped mold me into more fundamentals obviously i can make some saves with my hand-eye coordination but mm-hmm. they kind of they kind of put me to that next step i would say with fundamentals and then ultimately uh through elementary school middle school um i always like to play up um a couple of years to just see those shots like in sixth grade the eighth grade goalie was playing on jv 
and I got called up for like the town team and um, kids two grades above me. Um, they shoot hard. They know how to shoot. So I think that it kind of made forced me to get better and focus on fundamentals. But at a younger age, I would definitely say just seeing more shots when I was younger. And um, obviously, some of these coaches don't know a lot about the position, but they know enough to teach you mm-hmm. how to how to step to the ball, get your back foot. Um, so I, I would say that's how I kind of started with the fundamentals and how I grew to where I am now. I say a big part of it is just um, watching older goalies. Uh, James Schwartz, who graduated from my high school, then played at Harvard. I worked out with him a bunch in the summers. Just he's a terrific guy. And he really, he really folded in. He really folded in all the fundamentals. And then also how you also have to be an athlete. It's, it's not like the stereotype of you just put, throw the most unathletic kid in net. Um, he kind of taught me how to move between the pipes, which is big thing and how I play today as well. Yeah. What are those fundamentals for you? If, if you were, let's say, you know, you're coaching a nine-year-old, 10-year-old, super young, just, just getting started in the goal and, you know, it's day one or it's the first week of him or her working with you. What are the fundamentals that you would, um, that you would teach them? Definitely step into the ball game, your whole body behind it. I've learned um, you're not always going to make that pretty stick save, but if you have your body behind it and you miss it, you, you can get your shoulder, you can get your chest in front of it. Um, so definitely getting both your feet behind the ball and then driving your hands to the ball. I, I think I see a lot of goalies now just try to like stick right to the ball, but not driving your hands. So I think driving your hands too is a big part of it. And then, and then just always, I think a big philosophy with my game is if I don't make the save, I should at least be there. So getting my body to where the ball is and not completely missing out on the shot. Yeah. Love it. Getting the ball, getting your body behind the ball, getting your, your hands, driving your hands to it, um, throw in, um, stance, you know, getting your stance dialed in and being in a nice relaxed athletic position and i think those are those are the solid fundamentals um what about what about stance for you like how how would you describe the way the the way you set up and and also you know your your arc play no yeah so um when i was younger i always kind of played a wider um base and a really flat arc um almost i would say like call and curse how he plays Mm -hmm. and then as i got older um i think this year, um, I was named the starting goalie at my high school, and I think a lot and lot in practice, I was getting beat side to side. So I started um, kind of messing around with a, I wouldn't say a higher arc, but also kind of shorting my legs, getting them a little closer, almost shoulder width, and I, I, po- I was pointing my feet a little out, but not out where I, it would mess up where I'm moving. Mm-hmm. So kind of, kind of opening my hips almost. And I think I found a lot of success with that because I'm not playing, I'm not stepping all the way straight to the ball. I'm almost stepping at a 45 degree angle, mm-hmm. um, which as the shots are coming faster, it kind of acclimates you to always getting your body behind the ball. Yeah. Love that. So you're talking about like kind of setting up in your stance a little bit, I don't know, duck foot. Some people might call it like a leg instead of being straight, like a little bit out like that. Yeah. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that approach. Um, what about, you know, I'm, I'm always talking with goalies, you know, modifying different elements of their game. And I, I hundred percent agree that goalies should, you should play around with, uh, different styles, different stances to see kind of what, you know, what works best for you. But when you make that change, it's gotta be a little bit uncomfortable. Right. Like, you know, you start out, you're a little bit wide. You're like, all right, maybe let, let me try to come in a little bit, see how that feels. At first, it's got to be a little bit uncomfortable because it's new. So at what point did you say like, oh, you know, this actually works a lot better or was it or was it working a lot better right out of the gate? Yeah, no. So during the season, I was adjusting a lot of things. I used to play with my hands very far out and I kind of brought them in as well. Um I think I was just taking a lot of shots after practice um, and a lot of shots in practice uh, to say. And I think as I was getting more shots, I was getting more comfortable. But I, right out of the gate, I wouldn't say it was super uncomfortable. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it was definitely something new I was doing. I wasn't used to, and it was, it was there was a kind of a mental barrier because for how many for four years I was playing the same way, and then all of a sudden I'm switching it up. That was definitely a mental barrier for myself. Yeah. But then when I got, I started making saves and I I seen success. Um, I started got, getting more comfortable, and now it's how I play, and it's been working. So yeah, love it. Uh, you mentioned watching other, you know, watching other goalies, learning other from other goalies. Uh, you mentioned Colin, UNC goalie, who I had on the show. Awesome guy. Um, who, you know, when we think about pro goalies or college goalies who that you've learned from, who who comes to mind for you? Um, Alex Road, I would say, from UVA. Yeah. He's a left, he's a lefty as well. And um, I watched him throughout the years and I just loved how he played. And I I kind of tried to resemble that when I was younger. And I I would say because I was a lefty, I really favored. I was super biased to his game. And also Colin Creed. I loved watching him too. Obviously, he's at UNC where I'll be heading. And I love watching him. Uh, I would say w- when I'm watching a goalie to try to see how they play, I'm kind of more watching right uh, lefties because that's that's my strong hand. And that's how I, that's how I play. Mm-hmm. And But I would also say Jack Starr from Yale. Um, when he was a freshman, I went to the Ivy League Championship watch and I watched his games and he was phenomenal. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I've had all those guys on the podcast and Jack actually presented at the at the lacrosse goalies, one of the lacrosse goalie summits I did. Amazing presentation. He's an awesome guy. Um, is there something different that lefty goalies do? I wouldn't say there's something different, but I, I just say it's. It's hard to explain, but I think righties, it almost seems a little more fluent on it's like stick side high saves and stick side low saves. Um, with righties, it just seems more fluent from what I've watched. And I think as I've been getting better and improving and developing my game, I think stick side low for me and stick side high, as easy as those shots seem, um, I've seemed to struggle at. But I would say it almost seems a little more fluent if it the sticks in your right hand going six side high than on on your left hand for some reason, and that just might be how I think, but I that's just what I observed over the years. Yeah, I mean, one thing that's different is a lot of uh, teams probably. I mean, righties are more common, right? Right, there's more righties than lefties. Right, lefties is 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 more rare. So. You know, a lot of a lot of teams, especially at the youth level, they might not be used to shooting on a on a righty. Like they practice against, uh, sorry, on a lefty. They practice against righties, right? And then all of a sudden, you get a lefty, and it's just kind of a, you know, the shots that you're used to hitting against a against a, against your righty goalie are a little bit different, right? So I think in that way, it can kind of throw the team for a loop. So that helps. No, yeah, hundred percent. I would say as you get older, you kind of see more of like a. 40, 60, 70, 30 split with righties and lefties. Yeah. But at a younger age in middle school, especially if you get a guy that's confident who who's shooting and he sees a lefty goalie, he, he might freeze and not shoot right away. Yeah. Opposed to when it's a righty, he might uh, fling it right there. Yeah. Now you mentioned being like really good righty and really good lefty. Do you ever, do you ever switch it up? Do you ever play goalie with your, with your right hand? No, I, I never do. But um, something interesting about that, I only play lefty in hockey and lacrosse. I write righty, I throw baseball, football righty. Mm-hmm. And over the years, a lot of people have told me that's super unique. But that's just, um, I've always I've always done everything like that. And I think that's mainly like coming from my dad. when He, he grew up playing hockey in New Hampshire. And he writes righty, but he plays lefty, plays lacrosse lefty. And... I just think from a young age, when I developed practicing with him, um, that's how just, uh, which was, which worked for me, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I could see, I could see the goalie, a goalie in the future, switching it up um, and just, you know, get, getting inside of shooters heads. We haven't really seen it yet other than like a trick, a trick save here and there, but uh, we'll see. It makes a lot of sense. Like if you ask me, you know, if I'm a righty and I'm standing on the pipe, Right. And I, and I got my, I'm standing on the right pipe, you know, so I got my stick like all the way over here the, the, and they're coming from around X. The most common shot you're going to see is to the, you know, is to the far side. 
And so like, I don't know, like, why not try and put it there? I, I haven't seen anybody do it um, nor talk about it, but we'll see. No, yeah, that, that'd be, yeah. I think in the coming years, I could, I could see that yeah. happening. Yeah. I've definitely messing around with some goalies talking to them. I've seen a couple kids do it just to mess around. Like I'm going to put it in my right, uh, left hand because they're right. ladies. I'm going to put right. it in my left hand, but I haven't really seen that be a part of anyone's gameplay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll be on the lookout for it. (laughs) Um, well, cool. So talk to me a little bit about your recruiting process. You know, when did you kind of first decide I want to play division one lacrosse? Or was that always a dream from a, from a, uh, from a young age? Yeah. So I think it was always a dream as any young kid, but I, that was not the reason I wanted to play lacrosse for me at a young age to play college lacrosse. That wasn't like, Oh, I'm only playing lacrosse because I want to go play college lacrosse, Mm -hmm. but it was obviously a dream. Um, I didn't, honestly, I didn't really know that I was capable of it until I would say eighth grade year, um, when COVID happened, some prep schools started reaching out to me asking if I wanted to go there, um, for high school. Cause I go to public school in New York and some of these prep schools started recruiting me and I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe I actually can play college lacrosse. Mm. And then, um, over starting last fall, so a year ago some coaches started coming to watch my games and they would talk to my high school and club coaches and um, the ones that would be there more doing more of their homework on me. You could tell they're more interested. And I would say I had a pretty good summer. And then in September, week before September 1st, which is like starts recruiting starts. um, My club coach was reaching out to me talking about all these schools that were going to reach out. And then, on September 1st, um, right at 12, a bunch of schools reached out. But I would say one thing that's very, very nerve wracking is some people, I'm really happy they made the uh, rule change, but some people don't realize how, like, how big of a decision this is, how this is not just your next four years, but 40 years after that, it's your best friends are going to be made in college. And during my recruiting process, the I think the biggest question, I had two big questions when I was at these campuses and it was, am I going to be happy here if I get hurt and can never play again? And what, what do I not like about these schools? Cause if there's so much I don't like, what do I actually really like too? Mm-hmm. So I think also I was fortunate to have um, a lot of people advocating on my behalf and that are, that are big names in lacrosse world. And I went down to a couple schools and when I visited UNC, um, it felt like home right from the get-go. Um, walking around the campus, meeting all the guys, it felt like such a tight-knit group and that they're all building towards a common goal of um, succeeding, not just lacrosse-wise, but academically. And I just felt, I fell in love with the veteran coaches, uh, Coach Bresci, Mets Bauer, um, Coach Yu, and then Coach Murphy is the volunteer assistant. And I just think the school as a whole, what you get from on the academic side, the social side, the lacrosse side, um, all the accommodations you get as an athlete at UNC is just like, who cannot like that? Like, what's not there to like? And um, I think I made, I think I could have made a decision in the first couple of days. And I think that decision would have been different than what I chose. Cause I think a big thing is not just seeing the school, but like really feeling what that is like the culture, um, the guys and like the relationships. But I think it's, it was, it's a blessing that I have this opportunity and I'm really pumped about it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, a lot of, Got a couple questions on what you just said right there. So one of the things you mentioned was, you know, I had a bunch of coaches or maybe a bunch of people helping me out or pulling for me or how do you get that? How do you get that? If there's a young goalie listening, like I want, <laughs> I want some coaches to help, help me out. Or, you know, how did you go about developing those relationships and and getting those people in your corner? I would say just always being really respectful, really coachable and just, just being an overall nice guy. Never say, say you're down you're down like 20 goals, 15 goals and at a tournament and your club and your, your shoulders are shrugged and your club coach is like, come on, come on, can't do that. And then if you're just happy and just happy to be out there, your club coaches can like you a little more. And I think just over the years, um, I've kept really good relationships by just talking to them, um, 
And I think just the biggest thing is just being like yourself. Like some people try to fake it too much. And mm -hmm. I, I just think that really, really ruins the relationship when it's time for person X to make a call for you or coach X to make a call for you or an email because they don't really know who you truly are. And if they're, if they're portraying what they think of you and it's not who you actually are, then that just doesn't help you. It's just ne negative output on your behalf. Yeah. Makes total sense. The other thing you mentioned that was great is, you know, determining would I be happy at this school um, if I get injured and I couldn't play lacrosse is it's it kind of sounded like that was just, you know, a uh, intuition, like a feeling you got walking around the campus. Was there other things that you did to answer that question? I would say just like I spending time with the the guys who are currently on the team. Um, I spent a lot of time when I went down to UNC with the freshman goalie, Kent Good, And I just, it, not just like the goalies itself, but the whole team, it just felt like a tight-knit family and a tight-knit group that even the, la the last guy on the bench cares as much as the first guy on the depth chart. And I would say it's definitely more of a feeling than something you see. And honestly, you, you, I, I felt it at other schools too, but I just felt it to a greater extent at UNC. Love it. Who, uh, who coaches the goalies there? Mets? Yeah. Coach Mets Bauer coaches the goalies there. I love it. I love he's it. The man. He yeah, is the, the man. man. I mean, he's been doing it since, uh, uh, Scott Bachigalupa all the way, all the way back at Princeton. Um, so he's been yeah. doing it for a long time. He's, he's attended, uh, he's attended a bunch of the stuff that I've done. So a uh, big shout out to coach Metz is awesome guy. He's awesome. Um, I think that's also a big part of why I love UNC is you got a veteran guy like coach Metzi who who's been to national championships. Who's won them, lost them. Who's been on winning teams, losing teams. Um, and not just on the lacrosse side, on a on a personal level, he's going to change you as a person, and I, that that's something not to love. Yeah, when you're factoring in what school to choose, does the goalie competition matter? Like, does the level of talent that they have there matter for you, or is that not one of the considerations? I would say it mattered to an extent. Like, obviously, if there's if there's no goalies ahead of me um, at a really good school, I probably would have chosen that school, but at every school I was looking at, there was phenomenal goalies in the 23 class, the freshmen, the sophomores, juniors, seniors, across the board. And I would say it didn't really matter to me because a lot could happen until I get on campus. Yeah, One guy, say, say make a decision on a guy could transfer in, a guy could transfer out, a guy could get hurt, can't play again. Um, there, there's just so many variables that are going around that I, I matter. It obviously matters to an extent, but I'm not going to make a decision solely off the competition that's at the school. Awesome, makes sense. So you'll be starting your junior. You got your senior year of high school, and then uh, and then you'll be there. I guess the following year. So what is that? You're a 2025. Four. I'm a. I'm a 2024. 2024. So right, I'll be cool. there. I'll, I'll be in Chapel Hill fall of 2024. Let's go. Good luck, my man. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um. When you uh, talk about your or think about your goalie training regiment right now, what uh, what comes to mind? Is it a lot of shots? Is there specific drills you do? What 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 do you do to train? So um, I think it's a lot of shots. I'm more of a I, I like to be getting shot on for hour hour and a half, seeing up the hash down the alley, step downs, and I'm I like repetition of that stuff. So I would say a lot of that. And then I think one of the best things watching film um, mm. this past season, I watched a lot of film, seen what I was doing wrong. Say I was having trouble on down the alley shots on my stick side low. I would, after practice, I would have a coach or a player hundred down the alley shots, stick side low. And then say the next game I walk after that game, I watch film and I'm having trouble inside. I want, I have my coach after practice or a player do that. And I think it's just sh taking enough shot, taking a perfect amount of shots where you're not getting burnt out, but you have that repetitiveness. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It makes total sense. And that's a different number for every goalie, right? I mean, I think you mentioned I can take a hundred 
I mean, some goalies might get burned out after a hundred. So it's about, you know, it's about finding that limit. Um, and ideally it's high, right? Cause if you don't like taking shots, you might not be in the right position. You know, I think the goalies that have the most success are really the ones that do fall in love with, uh, with the reps. Um, and it should be, I'm making saves is fun. You know, I'm the only reason it might not be fun is if you get, you know, take one to the shin or the bicep, but get, you know, get padded up when you're taking those, when you're taking those reps, especially if you're a youth. No, hundred percent. Also a big thing that I did this year was say I was taking in shot, inside shots. I would use tennis balls because still getting the same thing out of it, but you're not right. say you're, you're not getting hit. Right. hundred percent. Or you are getting hit maybe, but it doesn't, it yeah, doesn't, but it doesn't, doesn't hurt. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt. hurt. As hurt. Much as well, that's a rubber ball. But exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you can kind of keep going. Yeah. I've seen, um, or I've experienced it firsthand where I'll just be having like a good training session. Um, and then I'll take one like directly one off the shin bone or, or something like that. And it's just like, takes the wind out of your sails. No, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, You're just like, ah, oh, yeah. man, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. It's so. like, it's like when a coach says you're a drill killer, like it's getting hit by the ball and you're, and you, then you're not going to want to participate in that drill. Right. Yeah. So yeah, tennis balls, definitely hundred percent agree with that. Um, any unconventional things that you do that you think have really, um, contributed to your goalie game or help contribute? I wouldn't say unconventional, but, um, I'm a bit, I'm a big guy when I go out of the net, I like getting those ground balls in the corner. Um, I like say, say there's a ground ball. I like picking off a pass, going up field, um, pushing transition sometimes. I wouldn't say that's unconventional, but I say some goalies don't do that. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think that comes comes from my background of hockey. I I, I like to get rough on a ground ball. Um, and I, I just think that comes from my background of hockey, but I think that's something that I, that's in my game that might not be in another goalie's game. Yep, great point. Great point. Yep, and it's a great part of a goalie game. I mean, if you can add that to your game, that just – turns you into a more well-rounded goalie. I find a lot of times that ice hockey player, like the same movement that you use with your hips, with your glutes to explode in front of the shot is kind of like pushing off the ice, right? It's kind of that same movement. Do you find that like your years or your background as a um, ice hockey player sort of helped with that strength? I've actually never thought about it of it like that way but now that i'm thinking of it i think that definitely does because when you're striding skating um that's kind of almost like the same stepping motion because you're right. always bringing your back foot with it but your front foot's leading yeah no i think that's definitely helped um i would say i'm pretty explosive to the ball and i, I would say um pivoting too in hockey has helped me because now like i'm pretty good at opening my hips so say there's a bit like Say you're taking it down the alley shot and it's coming down your strong side and you have to get off hip and pretty good opening my hips and getting there. So yeah. I, I would say, yeah, hockey, right. hockey definitely helps. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love, I, um, even when I'm training goalies, I do those ice skaters, you know, that move where you like jump like side oh, to yeah, side no, yeah. and like, um, yeah. and I think that really helps. And, and, uh, you know, I've found that goal, um, goalies who have that ice hockey background, um, you know, tend, tend to have those muscles already built up. Um, I sponsored one goalie chase. Did you, were you like a goalie in hockey or did you play in the, in the no, I, I played, uh, I didn't play goalie. I played forward and defense forward. Okay. I was going to say in the field, but I guess they don't call it in the field. They would call no, it like yeah. <laughs> on the ice or <laughs> yeah, on, on the ice, I guess on yeah. the ice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, chase, chase is a ice hockey goalie. So he's got, he's got the goalie background as well, but anyway, um, well, awesome. So with all your experience now, Luke, what, you know, what, I mean, not that you have a tremendous amount of experience, but what, you know, with the experience that you have, you know, what would you go back and tell kind of your, your junior high or your freshman self? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think what I, I'd probably tell myself to like, like try new things, um, not just stick to like, um, the one same stance, the one same arc, like mess around with things. because. Once we once you get into high school and once you get into a game, you're you're not trying something a day before a game in practice at the high school level because that that actually matters. Or you're not trying something in a club tournament when coaches are down the sideline. Um, I would say probably uh, mess around with more things. And I 
I think I didn't do a good enough job with that in seventh, eighth grade, but also granted eighth grade was the, the year with COVID. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of lacrosse played that year um, in the game aspect, but I definitely took a lot of shots um, during the, during the COVID um, pandemic and Interesting, quarantine. Yeah. But yeah. I would say probably take more risks, try more things in that and not just stick to that, that one thing that I've always played bye it's good advice it's good advice yeah um i was going to say so you mentioned a while back about like you always played up you know like Mm -hmm. you're in sixth grade you're playing with the eighth graders you're in eighth grade you're you're playing you know jv you're playing varsity um is that is that would you recommend that to every single goalie uh not really um i would say my town's pretty unique where we don't we don't have this we only have like one goalie one good goalie every two three grades um so i think that's just what i needed to do and mm-hmm. obviously it wasn't the best thing because those guys some of those guys are men and you're getting hit by fast shots and it wasn't that fun but i think that that really helped develop my game i would say i think at schools in like maryland philly area like big time schools it's it's just not, you shouldn't do that because you, your kid, the kids in your grade are good enough. But I would say my area, we all, we always have great kids here, but mm-hmm. your roster on some of these uh, town youth programs are only 20, 25 guys. And if one kid gets hurt, the goalie gets hurt, you're, you're going to have to play up. And I would say if, if that's what you want to do, go for it. But I think a lot of times that ends up in injury, kid not liking the sport as much. But yeah, that's yeah. that's my yeah, view on it. Yeah, yeah, I see that. There's balances. There's balances. Um, and it, yeah, it kind of depends like how far away your talent level is from their talent level. Because it's if it's such a big difference, then yeah, the goalie just gets shelled. They don't have a good time. They end up not liking the position or the sport. Um, and it's, it's no, it's no good for anybody. You know, if there's not so much of a talent gap, you know, I've seen a lot of goalies play up and then just see those faster shots and, um, yeah, like they don't make as many saves, but then when they go back to play with kids, their own age, then all of a sudden yeah, they're, they're making all the saves, they're making all the saves. Yeah. Because like, you know, the, the shots are way slower and, um, not as well, um, you know, uh, positioned in the corners. So yeah, I mean it's kind of pros and cons, but to your point, it it can go bad if if they're not prepared. So you gotta know what you're getting into. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, was there a time that you went through a slump, uh, Luke? And then if so, how did you get out of that? No, hundred percent. Um, so this past season, I would say a lot of teams because uh last year we were still kind of in the COVID stuff, so um, a lot of teams, you weren't really playing a lot of out-of-conference teams, but this year, a lot of out-of-conference teams started scouting me. Um, so, and they found that stick side low, I was really weak on. And a lot of their guys would start shooting stick side low. And some of the shots I probably should have saved, I didn't save. And um, it kind of put me in a little bit of a slump. And I would say the biggest thing, how I kind of got out of that was I was seeing a lot of repetition after practice of six side low shots. And I think um, the, my team really helped me through that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was bad, but they were they playing a little extra harder in practice because um, they know, they know um, I, I might not make a save I usually should make. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say like if, if you're not going through a slump, I don't like when you're younger, um, I would say the competition isn't there. Like when I was in seventh grade, I, I didn't really, I was kind of in a slump too. And I would say how I kind of get, always get out of them is just seeing a lot more shots and just remembering that you're supposed to get scored on. Um, You're shining up for a position where you're getting scored on. But if, if you think negative, you start thinking negatively about it and you kind of start portraying that energy, that negative energy to the rest of your team. Um, no one's going to want to play in front of you. Um, but yeah. I, I would say the biggest, the biggest thing is just showing, just kind of being like, I'm working on this. I'm trying to get better. And that kind of made the rest of my team fight a little harder for me. 
Yep. And then eventually I got out of that sump, which was super nice. And what we, was it? What was it about the stick side low shots? Was it like a technique thing that you fixed? Uh, so it was right after I changed how my um, stance was. And I, I would say I never really saw a lot of stick side low shots throughout the club circuit because everyone kind of wants that highlight reel top left corner, top right corner goal in the club throughout the club games. And I never really saw a lot, saw a lot of those shots. Then in high school, you'd start seeing a lot of six side low five hole shots and especially throughout practice. And I just think something about them. I I still don't know to this day what it was, but Mm -hmm. um, I've gone a lot better there at that spot, but something about six side low for me, just was a little like almost I would say awkward getting my hands down there for a little and then I went I kind of went back to the fundamentals and really focused on those shots and ended up getting out of that slump. Nice. Um yeah and and sometimes it's a mental thing too. I mean yeah it could certainly be like a technique thing or like you haven't seen enough reps um or your technique thing in the sense that to to a particular position you're not making a nice fluid you know uh quick movement right so you're not moving the right way so it could certainly be a technique thing but a lot of times too it could just be like a mental thing like you give up a lot of stick side low shots and then you start telling yourself not good at stick side low right and then you give up more shot right so it's just like this 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 perpetuating circle um when you start to have like a mental slump luke like what you know what helps you get out of that yeah, no. Um, I would say when I when I started to have some mental slumps um, throughout playing goalie, I think just taking a deep breath and thinking about the next play, like that next play mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, like this place is over. There's nothing you can do about that. And if you keep thinking about it, that'll, that will ultimately affect the next play. So obviously that's a hard concept to grasp as a um, junior high kid and freshman in high school, junior, night, uh, I mean, sophomore in high school, but as you get older and mature and you kind of, kind of get that, like you, there's nothing you can do about that play in the past. Um, you only can start looking forward. And if you're negative about that, uh, that's obviously going to make your playing level go down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, great point. Any other, any other mental, mental game lessons that come to mind for you? I would say just, I always take a deep breath. Um, after I get scored on, mm-hmm. I would say in middle middle school, um, a lot of goalies kind of get really upset with themselves, bang the pipes and stuff. And I kind of realized just always taking a deep breath, always, um, always just relaxing, calming, and like almost resetting, right? Resetting yourself because um, it's o- it's only going to hurt you if you get upset. And obviously, that's easier said than done. Uh, I want to talk about being a leader of the team. I feel like, you know, you don't, as a goalie, you don't necessarily need to be a leader, but, but, you know, the best teams I've seen in the history of college lacrosse and and pros for that matter, you know, I think the leadership comes from the goalie position. So um, are you a lead, would you call yourself a leader of the team? And if so, like, how did you go about developing that role? Uh, yeah, no, um, I'm, yeah, I would say I'm a leader this year. I was actually named captain. So I was a sophomore as a captain, which is pretty cool pretty cool thing mm-hmm. um and i think the biggest thing about being a leader is getting almost everyone buying into that culture um i think in prior years with our program we had kids who were just on the team because they had to play a sport and didn't want to but i think this year although we didn't we, we made a good run but we didn't go as far as we wanted but we had the last guy on the bench care as much as the first guy on the bench and i think just buying into that culture where you're everyone's trying to win for do the same thing win the same goal and just getting everyone excited about it and i think that's like the biggest thing from on on me being a leader and mm-hmm. kind of not portraying any negative energy and because no one's going to want to play for you if you're a leader and you're you're yelling at people because you're yelling at people because they can't get a ground ball or they drop a pass Right. Because then when you make a mistake, they're going to, they're going to get upset with you. And then it's just going to be fire, um, firing negative comments at each other. And then, um, that's going to take away from your actual gameplay. Yep. What would you do if there is one or two members of your team who are not buying into the culture? They're goofing off in practice, right? They're talking negatively. 
what what would you do you know as a captain no yeah so um i think honestly i'd just talk to them like man to man just be like like there's kids that are freshmen that and if say they're seniors juniors there's kids that are freshmen that are working working their tail off because they want to win they want to start and you guys are ruining that for everyone and if honestly if you don't really want to be on the team and and you're kind of ruining it for everyone else like I, w- I wouldn't say quit, but I would say rethink why you're here. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, if you're here for the wrong reason, like it, is there really a purpose for you to be on the team? If you're just being here to get, get that athletic credit, like get, um, get that letter and you're not, and you're not, you don't really care. Like that ruins the, ruins the experience for not just you, but everyone else on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some players, some teammates need that you know, that tough love, that heart to heart, uh, for motivation. And they hear that and they're like, yeah, all right. You know, I was, I was out here kind of going through the motions or, or being negative, didn't realize it time to time to kick it in gear. hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, cool. Luke, good luck. Uh, I guess you got your upcoming senior season, uh, we'll be, be following that. Um, if people want to learn a little bit more about you, what, um, should they follow you on Instagram? Yeah, no, it's uh, L-A-R-R-I-G-H-I uh, 22. So L-A-R-I-G-I 22 on okay. Instagram. Cool. We'll follow that. I'll link up to that when this comes out. Um, what about your stick setup? What do you go with? Uh, so you have an Eclipse 2 um, on a Warrior Evo shaft, I think. And then I get it strung by Mr. Wonderful. I've been He's been stringing my sticks for four years, as long as I can remember. Um, he's awesome. Very efficient. Very affordable. And he's the man. So. Tommy's the man. He is the yeah, man. He is. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. So you got Mr. Wonderful Wands walking around. Um, I got I got a couple, actually, that one right there. And then he did mm-hmm. that one right there, the the impact. Um, but uh yeah, I love love Tommy. He strings up a beautiful, nice. beautiful wand. He's, yeah, he's a magician. <laughs> he certainly is, man. He certainly is. All right. Well, good luck at UNC. Um, I guess you've met Colin already. Yeah. Did you meet him on yeah, your no. trip? Yes, I met him on my trip. He's awesome. He is awesome, dude. I was trying to figure out a sponsorship with him both last year and this year, and it never and never ended up working out. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I think he's got one more year or a couple more years. Maybe yeah, maybe the following have, year. Yeah, I think he have, has one more year after this year. Yeah. Well, everyone got like another year from COVID. So now like the amount of uh, lacrosse goalies going for a graduate degree is just skyrocketed. That also definitely hurts the recruiting too. Because, yeah. Yeah. Because, it, because you have more people sticking around yeah, and not, not yeah. people graduating. Yeah. Have 100%. you, did you, did you find that some schools weren't taking a goalie in their class and in, in the, in a recruiting class? I would say not as much my year, but the, the 2023s, the seniors right now in high school, I think, I, you could see that a little, yeah. but that's also just coaches aren't, it, I feel like grad transfers are pretty hard to plan right? from the time recruiting starts to, yeah. to next year, pretty hard to plan that way. So I would say it's not as effective as on the recruiting side with coaches being like, oh, we already have a grad transfer. We're not going to take a kid. Um, but definitely some schools have six goalies because they have a kid who's transferring in then they also have a grad transfer right yeah um i just had uh coach bill tierney on the podcast and last year they had seven goalies on the roster and i was like how wow. how do you how do you end up with seven goalies on the roster no, yeah and also there's travel limits too so you're leaving behind at least at least uh, three to four of those guys yeah um anyway that's what he mentioned so the covid thing someone came back then then they end up getting a transfer um anyway but yeah um, I know, you know, you probably haven't spent that much time with, with head coach, uh, uh, Breshi, coach Breshi, but how would you describe him as a coach? I would say almost like a father figure. Um, he's gone through so much in his life with his son, um, passing away when he was younger and he's just like such a great guy, um, off the lacrosse field. I would say, I'd say he's such a great guy and he really cares about you. He cares not just about like your lacrosse game, your family, um, who you are as a person and how you're like impacting everyone. And 
I think right from when I first talked to him, um, that def- you definitely can get that. And then on the lacrosse field, um, he's pushing you. He wants you to succeed, but you got to realize he's going to push you until fail until failure. And I think a lot of coaches kind of miss out on that personal aspect. But I think that's why UNC has success. Why they're why he's had success there. Um, awesome. Awesome. Well, Luke, good luck. Um, anything else you think we should talk about or we, did, did we hit, do we hit on all of it? Um, no, I think we hit on all of it. All right. Uh, well, good to meet you. And, um, like I said, good luck in your upcoming senior season. And when you get to UNC, we'll definitely be watching. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, Luke, take care. Yep. Have a good one. Thank you. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that episode. UNC commit Luke Arigi. Going to be fun to watch him play for the Tar Heels uh, when he arrives. Hopefully, I don't know if he'll make this the uh, I don't know if he'll earn the starting job as a freshman, so we may need to wait a few more years, but it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Awesome, awesome young man. And I hope you pulled out a thing or two that you can learn from uh or a thing or two that you can incorporate into your own lacrosse goalie game. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, if you are still listening to this point, I want to say thank you so much. We just wrapped up last week the Lacrosse Goalie Summit 8. The live sessions are done, but the replays are still available. 19-plus hours of virtual lacrosse goalie training from some of the best coaches out there. Uh, Taylor Moreno, Colin Kirst. Tim Cassie from Focus Lacrosse, uh, Drake Porter from Goalie Smith, Matt Gill from Goalie Smith. So many amazing sessions and so many amazing learning moments. If you attended those sessions, let me know what was your favorite learning moment. If you still want to watch the sessions, you can go to laxgoalierat.com VIP and grab the VIP pass. I think it's the best deal on that level of training that you're going to get. 19 hours uh, usually coaches charge anywhere from 50 to 100 bucks per hour. So we're talking $1,900 of value for a fraction of that. Insane deal. LaxGoldyRat.com slash VIP to get in on that. Hopefully you had a great 2022. We are at the end of the year. Wishing you and your family a great and prosperous 2023. And in the meantime, get out there, get some work in, do well, and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.